All right, I just finished up my interview with Ezra Clayton Daniels. Um, he had a lot of great things to add and a great perspective on um, being an independent artist. And he's originally from Siouxland. And now that he's you know breaking into the comic book industry, it's great to get his insights on how to uh, you know form a successful career, especially coming from here. And uh, I think that it's going to provide a lot of great information for any any independent artist, no matter if you make comic books or if you make music. I think that the information will still apply to your situation. And uh, I would just like to also add that this is the part of the intro where I say, please check us out on YouTube and subscribe. Um, if you listen to podcasts on your iPhone, go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you're on Android, we got Stitcher. Um, yeah, it's everything that you can like, review, comment on is going to be a huge help to me, and I really appreciate it. And tell your friends about the Sioux City Show. Now enjoy this conversation that I'm about to have with Ezra Clayton Daniels. All right, welcome back to the Sioux City Show. My name is Taylor Grody. I'm hosting this thing. In the studio today, I'm here with Ezra, who is a graphic novelist, right, out of Los Angeles, but originally from Sioux City. Yep. So if you could, like, kind of take me back to where it all started, like how you grew up in Sioux City from born and raised? Yeah, born and raised in Sioux City. Awesome. Uh, born on the west side, grew up on 27th and George Street, right behind ShopCo. Uh, I had a great childhood growing up over there exploring the Lust Hills awesome. uh, over in that area around Briarcliff and stuff. And yeah, so I went to Crescent Park Elementary School, which I don't think is there anymore. I think it's like a temporary like Bryant thing right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, can I have you actually pull this microphone right in front of you? It's just this one? Kind of move it right over ah. here. That's good. Just wanted to catch it in between you and I. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I went to Hoover Middle School, which mm-hmm. I don't think is there anymore either. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And then West High School, which is, which is still there, but it's awesome. a lot different now than it was when I was going there. And then, so I graduated from West in 97, took a year off um, after high school and spent that time working for a company called Phillips Marketing uh, Associates, which okay. is a graphic design and marketing agency on the West Side. I worked there full time with John Colbo, who's a teacher at Morningside now, and I just saved up enough money to put myself through my first year of college in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, after that first year, I just moved to Portland, Oregon, went to art school for a year, yeah. and then dropped out after a year, <laughs> yeah. partly because I was paying for it myself, and it was really expensive, uh, but mostly because I'd been working for John at Phillips Marketing. for I started working there when I was like 16, so I'd been working at this company awesome. as an intern at first, and then I got hired on full-time after I graduated. Um, and I did that and le- just learned so much doing that kind of work in the real world that going to school just didn't. It just yeah. was like seemed like a step back, and since I was paying for it myself, I was just like didn't seem logical to stick with it. So I dropped out of art school, and then I got a job. Sorry, I'm going through the whole thing. Like no, detail no, it's by cool. Detail. I just like kind of right now. I'm just wondering how uh, growing up in Sioux City, like what prompted you to choose Portland as the place you're going to go to school. Um, I had some fr- family that lived in Portland, so my mom has three brothers, and they all lived in Portland, Oregon. So I figured if I moved to Portland and fell flat on my face you know, yeah, trying to be an adult, I would have somebody to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I first moved to Portland, I stayed with my uncle Bobby, uh, for the first month while I tried to find an apartment to live in. So that was just like crucial to have like family there to, yeah. to kind of help boost me up. Cool. And then you, uh, dropped out, went straight to work still as a graphic designer. Yeah. So I dropped out of art school and then I got a job doing trial graphics for a company that was doing like medical illustrations and industrial, like technical illustrations and charts and graphs for high stakes court cases. So like, for instance, if the 
Portland police killed somebody on the job, I would be the guy that they sent to the crime scene to do like a super detailed overhead map of the crime scene Mm -hmm. so that during the court case when people, you know, like point to the map to say like, this is where I was, this is where the bullets went when the shots were fired and stuff like that. So, wow. That's a crazy job in itself, right? Yeah, it was super crazy. I did that for a couple of years in, in Portland. And then, um, I ended up moving to Chicago kind of on a whim and I found a company that was doing the same kind of work in Chicago. So I got a job with that company. And the whole time I was just making comics on the side because it's really hard to make money in comics. So I had this day job and then on the side I was doing comics. Sweet. So, uh, you know, those are like just wild jobs, right? Because I I mean, I worked in advertising for a couple of years and like, I think that that's how everybody imagines an art department works is like, you know, somebody actually like stretching out, scratching out drawings and stuff like that. But uh, unfortunately, uh, now it's just like Photoshop. Without yeah, totally. And yeah, when I first started working at Philips Marketing, it was largely by hand. We still did. I mean, it was kind of like just after the transition between everything being done by hand and everything being done okay. uh, on the computer. So I learned how to do a lot of stuff by hand, like paste up stuff and cutting out letters and zip tone stuff like that. Uh, but then I learned how to use, and this is before like Illustrator. I think Photoshop was a thing, but it was like really early Photoshop. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's a lot different now. Threw me off when I saw uh, Photoshop mentioned in a Friends episode the other day. Oh like, yeah, oh, I, I bought Photoshop. I was like, I thought this happened like pre cell phones mostly, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> crazy those timelines crossing over. Yeah, right. Um, so then like, you say you're creating comics the whole time. Mm-hmm. Is there any type of like? Uh, toe in the water moments where like it, like the comic thing started working out for itself? Um, only in the past year, really. I mean, I've been wow. doing it on the side for my whole life and self-publishing stuff and learning the industry and, you know, doing okay and making a name for myself. So a lot of people uh, in the comics industry know knew, knew, I, knew who I was before my book came out. But getting published is really hard. Getting published doing the type of work that I'm doing is especially hard. I kind of uh, handicapped myself a little bit by doing stuff that's really idiosyncratic and cerebral. It's just not an easy sell for a lot of publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but that's just the stuff I wanted to do. So how, how does, like, the, the selling process of comic books or, like, any type of, like, artwork in that, in that vein, how does that actually work facilitating it? Are you, like, your own manager, your own agent, basically? Yeah, until the past year, I've been everything. I've been doing everything on my own. So I'm, like, I write the stories, I draw the stories, I color the stories, I find the uh, vendors to print the stories and bind them, I store the books when I get the books, I cold call distributors and shops to try to get them to carry my books. For a long time, um, I would just ride my bike to bookstores. When I lived in Portland, I would ride my bike to every bookstore in town, just with my backpack full of books and just be like, hey, could you sell my book? Like, I'll do a consignment thing. And <laughs> so that's what that was my distribution for a long time was just like a dude on a bike. I but I, it's really just like, you know, there's avenues to get your stuff out there. You just have to, it just takes a lot of work. So there's, I mean, a lot of people think you can just do a book and then it'll find a home. But I mean, it just like creating the book is only the first half of it. It's just like the same yeah. in any kind of artwork. Like if you want to find an audience, you have to like do, do the work to actually hit the ground and, and try to get it yourself. Cool. So, um, you're, you're currently on a book tour, correct? Yeah. Okay. And can you tell us about the the graphic novel that you're currently touring for? Yeah, so the book I just had come out last week is called Upgrade Soul. It was put out by a publisher called Lineforge based out of St. Louis. Uh, the book is a science fiction horror graphic novel about an elderly couple that go through an experimental rejuvenation procedure, and they're inadvertently cloned, and their clones are severely malformed, but intellectually and physically vastly superior to the originals. So the whole story is about which is a truer vessel for the individual's identity. Is it the one that 
looks like the person we recognize or the one that by all statistical measures is a, is a superior vessel. Uh, so the whole story is about the way that society kind of imposes restrictions on people based on the way they look. Because even though the clones are better in every way except the way they look, they won't be able to move through the world with the same ease that like a normal looking person would. Awesome. So it deals with like racism, sexism, uh, ableism, uh, and just like the intersection of all these things. That's super interesting. So like, what is it about, um, you know, you mentioned you kind of pigeonhole uh, your work a little bit by being like that super idiosyncratic yeah. uh, storytelling. And wh- what do you think is it that like draws you to create these stories when you could be doing something with like this big mass appeal? Right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've just never been interested in the mass appeal stuff, even from a consumption side. I've yeah. always been drawn to stuff that was a little bit weirder. I think part of it is that I, I've always been a, a big consumer of stuff. So like even when I was a kid, I was just like always reading stuff and always watching movies. I love movies, love playing video games. And I think the more stuff you consume, the more kind of a tolerance you build for stuff and okay. you start to look for weird, weirder and weirder and more interesting stuff. So like, you know, it, like if you watch every single Marvel movie, by the time you get to the 25th or 26th one or however many there are, you're going to be like, I want something a yeah. little bit more tasty, like something with like yeah. a different flavor. At and least. here comes Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. And like Marvel's figuring that out now with their mm-hmm. new movies. Like some of them are a little bit outside the formula that, that, that they've been using for a long time. But, but as far as like I'm concerned from a consumption side, I just, you know, have been consuming this stuff for so long that I just kind of started looking for stuff that was a little bit more interesting naturally. I like it. Yeah. Um, so what was it like growing up in Sioux City, uh, you know, as a kid that like, I, I was just telling Jay before you got here that I don't know anybody who was like into comics growing up. So what was it about like your childhood that got you into like comic books, that got you into art to like make this whole path even a possibility? Yeah. Um, well, my uncle Bobby, again, had a box of Marvel comics that he had collected in the 70s, just like a little box. And as a kid, I discovered those comics and that was my first entry to comics. And I was just totally like enamored with these comics. I thought they were super cool. And this is back when you could still buy comics in the grocery stores. I'm making myself sound super old. I am pretty <laughs> old. I'm 39. But like back when I first started making comics, you could buy comics in grocery stores on the spinner rack. You can't do that anymore. You have to get them at specialty stores. But um, so yeah, like as a kid, me and my friends would go to the the store and save up 75 cents and buy the new X-Men or whatever. And of course, there's always been like cartoons and stuff that we watched that were based on superheroes. So I always knew like what comics were and kind of what, you know, what, what kind of stuff was being done. So I was always interested in that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, and, and like the art, like, where, was it like self-taught? Were you going to art classes as a kid? Because- yeah. Always went to art classes as a kid. Uh, always loved art classes. I can remember most of my, I think, I'm trying to remember what my art teacher's name, I had Miss Riker in middle school, Miss Banks and Mr. Ford in high school. Uh, and yeah, I just like loved taking art classes and stuff. I loved learning the graphic design stuff when I did that um, after school when I was interning at Phillips Marketing. And yeah, most of it. But after that, I think like more the like the fine art and uh, anatomy stuff was more self-taught. Okay. Um, and it was just something that I guess you just kind of get good at stuff like that you, if you do it enough, even if you're not taking formal classes. Mm-hmm. And I was just always a kid that was always sketching and drawing and just like teaching myself and slowly getting better. Awesome. So like, I, I mean, I, I grew up in Sergeant Bluff, uh, Jay's from Sioux City. And uh, I guess like for me growing up here, there was never like uh, an opportunity in my head that like if I wanted to go publish a graphic novel, I could, you know, move to Portland, move to Chicago, L.A. Yeah. and do that. Like it wasn't something that like was ever presented as an opportunity to me. 
Um, so like when you left to go to college out on the West Coast, was that ever like your your big plan? Was it ultimately to be this graphic novelist who's you know selling, actually getting his books published, yeah. or was it like I'm just gonna go try and find a place where I can do design? I don't know. I don't remember what my goal was. <laughs> well, I think my fantasy has always been to be a success at whatever I was doing. I actually went to art school to to learn filmmaking because I originally wanted to be a filmmaker, uh, and I made a couple of short films at the same time I was making comic books. And I just found it to be easier to communicate my ideas through comics than in film, especially because with comics, I can just, you know, lock myself in my bedroom for a few months and come out with a finished product. But with filmmaking, you have to collaborate with so many people and you have to find screening venues. Mm-hmm. Um, now Tell you can put it. stuff on the internet. Yeah. But, um, but back then it was like, if I wanted people to see my short film, I had like VHS tapes that I was taking around. I was trying to sell my VHS tapes at bookstores and record stores, just like oh, wow. just hustling, try to get my stuff out there. And it was just a lot easier for me to, to tell those stories in comics than, you know, give them to people because they're pretty cheap to produce. Yep. And, you know, if somebody had one of my comics, they could leave it on their coffee table and their friends come over and pick it up and read it. You don't have to, like, put nice. it into a CD player or a DVD player or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. just a lot easier to, to check out. So, you know, there's, like, a, the selling of comic books that would say I say is, like, you know, over-trending t- this way, right? Because mm-hmm. they used to be on a rotating rack at a yeah, grocery store yeah. but then also like the the rise of being able to like self-publish and mm-hmm. like the dem- the doc- democratization of like information yeah, through yeah. the internet have you do you think that uh like the day that being in 2018 do you think that this helps you or like hinders you as like somebody trying to publish uh these art books yeah interesting question it yeah. definitely helps in that it's a lot easier to get stuff out into the world for sure yeah and self-publishing stuff up until last year Uh, You know, with digital publishing, you can print like 25 books and have them delivered to your door in two weeks, like full color square bound books. Like it's it's crazy how easy it is to to print stuff now. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely that's a huge plus. I guess the negative is that you get lost more in a sea of of just like a lot of bad stuff because it's yeah. easier for people to, to put stuff out if there's no barriers for people to get stuff done. Yeah. So like when I first started doing stuff, printing a book required me to like go to a print shop, get to know the print people, like, you know, print out film separations for all the colors and stuff. I had to know the process really well. Uh, I had to know the people and walk them through what I wanted. And now you just like upload your your photoshop files to a website and then in two weeks you get a book back it's just a lot easier Mm -hmm. so i think it's you have to have better quality stuff now to rise above the fray just because there's so much more stuff out there now yeah but it's crazy you can get like you can literally uh like self-publish a book and get it listed on amazon for like zero dollars yeah exactly yeah and a lot of people do and like Mm -hmm. and as a result there's just like a lot of garbage out there but i think that's also good too because you know my first stuff was garbage and, and I didn't realize it was garbage until I put it out in the world and, and then like got some space from it. So I think it's great that people are able to put their stuff out and learn from their mistakes and get feedback from people. Um, and it just pushes everybody to do better quality stuff if there's more stuff. Because like I said, if you have to rise above the fray, your stuff has to be that much better. Awesome. So, and you also mentioned that, you know, you've been making comics forever Right. And uh, but specifically, you've had careers in Portland and Chicago mm-hmm. and now L.A. Do you think that the fact that you've been published for the last year is like a byproduct of specifically living in L.A. Or is it just like the right time in your work to to be published? Um, it, it definitely didn't have anything to do with me being being based in L.A. My, like I said, my publisher is based in, in oh, St. Okay. Louis. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I so the thing that I think 
started my process of working with publishers was that I finished my book, Upgrade Soul, which I'd been working on off and on for 15 years. I finally finished it last year. As soon as I finished it, I submitted it to the Dwayne McDuffie Award, um, which is an annual award that they give it at Long Beach Comic Con uh, in Southern California for diversity in comics. It's the Dwayne Dwayne McDuffie Award for diversity in comics. And so I submitted my book to that award in uh, in 2017, and I won the award, Mm -hmm. uh, shockingly, because the book wasn't even, like I just finished it like a few days before I submitted it. I just sent in a PDF. I hadn't even printed it out yet. Uh, And I won the award, and then I started getting attention, and I got an agent, and then my agent started shipping it around to publishers, and 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 then I finally got a publisher. But being in L.A. didn't have anything to do with that because it was all online. So it's definitely a lot easier to make stuff from anywhere. Yeah. for me, I think, I mean, I've made a lot of connections in comics by being in cities where there's comics industries. Like there's a big comics industry in Chicago. There's a huge comics industry in Portland. And in L.A., there's a huge comics and animation industry. So I know a lot of people that are doing stuff at the top of their game. And I'm sure that helps a little bit when publishers and editors are having conversations about pitches I've made to them. Like if they, you know, go go out with their friends for drinks afterward and they're like this guy Ezra Clayton Daniel sent me a pitch I don't know what to think about it and then one of them is like oh I know Ezra because like he goes to this drawing group that I go to or whatever and Mm -hmm. his stuff is cool I think that kind of stuff helps a little bit yeah but I don't necessarily think it's necessary I think for me being in in a bigger city the the advantage for me is that I find it to be really um inspiring and motivating to be surrounded by people that are doing stuff at at the top of their game, like especially in LA. So I just moved to LA three years years ago with my girlfriend. And the thing that was most shocking creatively about being in LA is like you go to a party or you go to a bar and you're like rubbing elbows and talking with people that are like running shows on Netflix or like, you know, like doing the most insane creative stuff, like reaching so many people. And it's just the way it is there. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, you go to a bar and you have a, like a 20 minute conversation with like the art director for like a Marvel movie or whatever. And you go home and you're feeling like I got to work harder. I got to work faster. I got to do better stuff. Cause I got to like compete with these guys. Yeah. And that's like huge. Uh, and that's a, a huge reason I like to live in cities like that. I like it. So it, w- if you were, um, say yourself, but you're 23 years old, you live in Sioux city, you never moved away but you still have the passion for mm. creating comics. Would you tell yourself like, hey man, you gotta go, you gotta move to LA? Or would you say, would you say like, hey, you can do it from here, here's the steps you gotta take? Yeah. Is it imperative to move to a bigger city? Or do you think that you can like have, you know, even the sa- like the same level of success that you've had, do you think you can do that from Sioux City? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think it works differently for everybody. Like everybody's personality is different. I think if you're the type of person that's a little bit more introverted mm-hmm. and you work better by just like staying home and focusing on your work, then you should, it doesn't matter where you live. Like being in the Sioux city is a perfect place to live. Um, if you're not, you know, motivated by going out and networking and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I know that like people listen to this show who may be, uh, artists, uh, freelance artists, you know, just artists as hobbyists, um, illustrators, whatever in the case may be. And they live here in Sioux city. So like you as somebody who's had experience in the industry now and is, and is finding success, what would your advice be to somebody who's living in Sioux City about like the steps to take to like get their work out there and get yeah. published? Well, I always say the most important thing is just to do the work. Like what I say literally to people is just like shut the fuck up and do the work because mm-hmm. a lot of people have ideas for stuff that they think are really great. 
And a lot of people don't want to pull the trigger on those ideas until they get vetted or get money from somebody to start working on it. And I'm just like, you just have to do the work. You just have to stop talking big and sit down and do the work. Because even if you get the, the opportunity to pitch your stuff to somebody, the most impressive thing you can show is finished work. To show, like to prove that you can finish the, whatever it is, whether it's an album or a book or whatever. Like if you get, like if you're lucky enough to get, you know, a and book editor or whatever in a room alone and you're like I have this great idea for the story it's about this and this and this and this and they're like okay well how much work have you done and you're like well I just have it in my head they're just going to be like you're a joker like this isn't you're not taking this seriously yeah so I think the best advice I can give to people is just do the work and like eventually you might find an audience or you might not find an audience but like if you don't do the work then you're definitely never going to find an audience awesome yeah they, that's like Perfect. That perfectly describes the advice that I give 95% of the people who yeah. are like, how do I make videos? It's just got to do it. Yeah, totally. And that's yeah. the only way to get better too, is to do it and learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. So uh, how have you been able to balance uh, being uh, an independent artist, but also having these jobs where you're in them to pay the bills? They're art related, but yeah. like, you know, also pursuing your own side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's definitely a challenge. And I guess I was that was another thing I was going to say about living in Sioux City is that the advantage of living in a city like Sioux City is that you don't have to hustle so hard to make a living. Mm -hmm. Like living in L.A., um, it's super expensive to live in L.A. So like I got to hustle way harder just to make ends meet. And then I have less time on the side to work on my own stuff. Um, I think, yeah, I don't really know what advice I have in that regard. I mean, I've been doing freelance design and illustration for my whole career. I've never had a job that wasn't like somewhat related to my art practice. Yeah. Um, and I've personally found that to work really well because I get better and better and better as a designer because I'm working for clients on design work. So I'm like, my book covers look really good because I've like honed this skill mm -hmm. over years and years and years. Um, my girlfriend, uh, is someone who finds it more draining to do creative work, uh, in her job because when she's like doing design all day at work or animation all day at work, it's hard for her to come home and work on her own stuff because she's been using that creative energy all day. Mm -hmm. So I think, like I said about, you know, some people are more introverted. Everybody's different. I think you have to just figure out what works for you. And I think it's, it's also a really difficult skill to be able to take a step back and, and recognize when something is not working. Like one thing that took me a long time to recognize was just like how to gauge my reservoir of creative inspiration. So like if I'm working really hard on a project for like a week and then I like, lose motivation to work on it, it's hard for me to recognize that my creative reservoir has been depleted because I'll just try to like fight through it. I'll be like, I don't feel like, like I'm not feeling this, but if I, if I just sit down and keep trying to draw this picture, eventually I'll yep. get it right. And it never works out. Would you say way. you're like that type of uh, artist in general? Like, do you, do you have like, okay, I gotta, I gotta work for like five hours a day on this project or is it, um, you know, when inspiration strikes? Yeah, for me, it's got to be when inspiration strikes because if I try to force it, I'm going to do bad work that I have to just redo anyways. But it's just like a matter of recognizing when when I'm not feeling that inspiration to not try to force it. But again, that's different for everybody. That's just the way it works for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I need to like figure out how to balance that for myself because I do, uh, you know, these side projects and I work full time in video. So yeah, sometimes sitting down to edit is a real chore. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, do you come back to Sioux City very often or is it uh, like you've been living away since you moved out when you were uh, 19 or whatever? No, I come back at least probably once or twice a year. Uh, I lived in Chicago for 10 years and I would come back 
more frequently when I lived in Chicago because you can take a mega bus from right. from Sioux City to Chicago or from Omaha to Chicago for super cheap. Since I lived on the West Coast, I've still been coming back pretty frequently because I'm traveling a lot for comic stuff now. Like there's a comic convention in Chicago I like to go to. And every time I go to Chicago, I'll hop on a mega bus and come to Sioux City for as long as I can. So, And I've got family here, my mom and my grandma sitting over there, live in Sioux City. So I try to come back as much as I can. Sweet. What's your favorite thing to eat while you're in town? What is my favorite thing to eat? Homemade chili. Well, yeah, my mom's homemade oh, chili is the best thing. Nice. Jerry's Pizza always a classic. Had it for dinner last night. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah I think. Well, my grandpa used to take me to Miles Inn. Uh, that's for the beers. Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. They got their... Um, Charlie what are they Boys. The Charlie Boys. Yeah, the Charlie yeah. Boys are great. There's a couple of classic things we always do when we come back. But Oh, there's that new uh, Ethiopian restaurant on Pierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, or new to me. I don't know how long it's been there, but that place is great. I think within the last two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was really good. Yeah. That whole, I, I think that Pierce Street, uh, basically in between, I don't know, what would it be, 20th and 14th is like, it's got some of the best kept secrets in Sioux City. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a Pierce Street Coffee Works. Uh, you got the Ethiopian restaurant. You got Jose's Family Dining. Yeah. 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 And the Sioux City stuff. Gift Company is great. I've been going there a lot since I've been coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, you know, this is going to be coming out after uh, your event happens, mm-hmm. but can you tell me about the event that is going to be going on? It's tomorrow, correct? Yeah, yeah. so tomorrow night um, there's going to be a conversation between me and Mark Cochin, who's uh, another who, who is a Sioux City-based artist that I came up with. We went to high school together. Uh, he's a year younger than me, but we used to be in all the same art classes in high school and stuff. And so our paths diverged after I graduated and moved away. He stuck around uh, the area, and he lives in Sioux City now, and I obviously moved away. So we're going to have a conversation about um, just like what it's like making art in Sioux City versus outside of Sioux City and, and still be, being tied to Sioux City. Awesome. And that's open to the public? Yeah, it's at the Art Center. Uh, well, it doesn't matter I'm, I'm pitching yeah. something that's <laughs> totally. going to be coming out yeah. later. But it yeah. was awesome. You think, guys don't even know what you missed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I think it's cool, though, to like, uh, you know, like I said, uh, whenever you get into an industry um, and you're outside of Sioux City, like it's easy to be in that industry and like know the things you know because you are in an industry. But in Sioux City, when that industry doesn't exist, it's like, tough to even know like what are the steps to possibly yeah, do right. anything ever with this thing that I do um, so it's, I think it's great for like the people of Sioux City to be able to hear your perspective and uh, especially like with Mark being there and like being able to present the Sioux City side of the yeah. perspective I think that that's going to be super information yeah I'm super excited super exciting yeah um, so yeah I think that that's all we really need to go over uh, if you have anything else you'd like to plug I mean I'm sure um, you have work besides just uh, just your one novel that's out right now yeah totally well upgrade soul came out last week you can get it in sioux city at book people and uh sioux city gift on pierce street i think it might be at the library too if you want to check it out for free they'll probably have it at acme and barnes noble if they don't they can definitely order it because it's distributed by like the main book distributor my next book is called bottom feeders it comes out next summer from fanagraphics books and that's going to be another thing that'll be available everywhere so so keep Keep tuned for that. Is there any social media accounts that anybody should follow you? Yeah, I'm at Ezra C. Daniels on everything. So Twitter and uh, Instagram and Facebook. Lucky you got got one of those names that apparently is only (laughs) one. Yeah, totally. Nice. So (laughs) until next time, this has been the Sioux City Show. Um, You can check us out on Facebook, um, YouTube, or the Apple Podcasts. Go ahead, like, subscribe, leave a rating. All of that stuff really helps out. And until next time, thank you.